Well, hey, everybody. I am Carmen Harper. I'm an associate pastor here at Woodlawn, and I am so excited to get to be here to share the message with you guys this morning. Um, Joe, as you guys may remember, is in Birmingham watching his five-year-old granddaughter in a dance recital. So if you guys keep him and Laura in your prayers as they travel back home. So um, today we're beginning a new five-week series that's called Time of Your Life. So um, we're going to talk about what our time is on this earth and what that's about. And I believe as we get older, we begin to really see and understand how quickly our time passes by and how short our lives really are. But we have the, the ability to make our lives have deep meaning and we can leave a legacy for our children and our grandchildren that can shape the world and make it a better place. Let's pray before we get started. Holy Father, your word has a great deal to say about the brevity of our time on earth and how we are supposed to spend it. Help us to hear that today. Open our hearts to what you want to do in our lives and what you want us to do with our lives. We are crafted by your hands and gifted by your spirit for your service. Teach us to do your will. Holy Spirit, we invite you today that you may do a miracle with my words, that people will hear what they need to hear, and that you will do a miracle of their ears, that you will do a miracle in their hearts and their minds. Use me to impart your words and your will to this gathering today. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Now, before we get started, I want you guys to watch a short video because it's going to really drive home the point of this sermon. This is 29,200 pieces of candy. What you see here is one piece of candy for every day that the average person watching this video will live. If you're lucky, you will have more pieces of candy in your pile, or maybe you'll have less, but on average, this is the time that we have in our lives. This is a single piece of candy. The day of your birth, the happiest day of your parents' lives. It's a crazy day, but the beginning of your new life and hopefully a long and happy one. This is your first year, a year filled with eating and growing and slowly getting accustomed to the world around you, a great but stressful year for most of those involved. To give you scale, this is your first 18 years or 6,570 days. Years filled with family and learning, growing, crying, maybe even your first heartbreak. The sad thing is that by this time, you have spent 95% of the time that you will with your parents. So cherish the moments that you have left with them. You will spend one third of your life sleeping that's 13,870 days. The number one thing that you will spend your waking hours doing is working. The average person works the equivalent of 4,745 full days, which is why it's so important to do what you love. If you don't love your job, quit it and find one that you do love. Otherwise, you'll spend the majority of your waking hours doing something you hate. You will spend 4,380 days watching TV. Yes, 
You heard that correctly. After work, the number one thing the average person spends their life doing is watching TV, the equivalent of 12 years of their life. We could read more books, spend more time with the ones that we love, or do something that makes us better. If we just stopped watching TV, we could double the amount of time having fun with family and friends because you will spend 4,198 days having fun and socializing with people that you love. Man, we all need more of this in our lives. You will spend 2,738 days eating food. Make sure that this is healthy food so that you can try to get more of these days in your life. You will spend five years and four months or 1,920 days on social media. Man, what a waste of time, huh? We should spend less time on social media and more time face to face with people that we love around us. And this, this is what's left. Time driving, crying, laughing, reading, learning new hobbies, doing what we love to do. Our lives consist of the moments and memories we choose to make while we're here. So what are you gonna do with the remainder of your days? This is 365 pieces of candy. What if you only had one year left to live? What would you do differently than you are right now? What if it was six months left? How would you choose to spend the rest of your days? Or what if today was your last day? What would you do with today? The choice is yours. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Like looking at it that way, because we know reality tells us, you know, that we all get this amount of time on the earth. But when you see it like that, it creates an emotion within you. And it was funny because at nine o'clock, I could actually see the people out there. And I saw parents hugging their kids a little tighter and, and um, realizing, you know, what I have here with this child in this moment is not going to last forever. And it's just a powerful thing. I love a good visual. It kind of sinks that truth into our souls. So the main idea of today's service, as you can see, is a very happy one. It is that your time on earth is running out. That was a joke, y'all. <laughs> I'm not that morbid. <laughs> Seriously, though. No. Our time here on earth is fleeting, and how we spend it is important. So when we're young, at least I know this was true for me, we tend to spend a great deal of our time wishing our time away, right? Like I remember hitting a certain age, and I just could not wait to turn 16 so I could drive and have that freedom. And so I wished a couple of years of my life away waiting on something else to happen. And I believe that all of us have done that in some manner or another while we're waiting on something exciting to happen in our future. Then something happens. We grow up and we have children and we realize then just how fast time is passing us by. So we get busy and that busyness carries our days into weeks, into months, into years. And we look at our children and we realize that there is a young man or a young woman standing there where a toddler used to be. And we wonder where all the 
time is gone. And we think, surely that much time couldn't have passed. But you know that some of the Bible's most noted characters thought much the same thing. Listen to Job. The scripture is from chapter 7, verse 6. It says, My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle, and they come to an end without hope. Well, I agree with him on that first part, but I'm going to have to take issue with him on the second. Because as believers, we have an incredible hope awaiting us at the end of our lives. But Job did, Job did not see this yet because he did not have the hope that is found in Jesus. In chapter 9, verse 25, Job says, My days are swifter than a runner. They fly away without a glimpse of joy. So typically we hear people say that time flies when we're having fun, right? But here is Job and he's suffering the grief of the loss of all 10 of his children. They all died in the same moment. He lost all of his wealth, and his body is now covered with sores. Now, in this situation, I would probably feel as if time had stopped and that I was suffering a slow and agonizing death. But even though Job is experiencing this suffering that most of us cannot even imagine, he is still able to see the brevity of his life. Maybe that's because he is wishing very fervently that he would just go ahead and die. <laughs> Another joke. You people are not with it this morning. <laughs> Either that or I'm just not funny, and if I'm not, don't tell me because I think I am. So let's take a look at Psalm 90. Now, this particular song was written by Moses. Now, Moses, you may remember, is the one person in the Old Testament that the Bible says God spoke to face to face as if with a friend. He knew God very well. And this is what Moses has to say about time and about life and about God. It says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by evening it is dry and withered. So here's Moses, who knew and understood God so well, and he says that a thousand years to God are like a watch in the night. Now a watch in the night was three hours. That is when they changed shifts to, to make sure that the people stayed awake so they could watch the city. Three hours at a time. So to God, a thousand years goes by like a few hours. And that's because he is above time. He exists outside of it, but not so his creation. The scripture says we are like new grass that springs up in the morning but is dead by nightfall. Nightfall. Brief. It passes quickly. 
You see, God exists from everlasting to everlasting. He is eternal and above time. And we, if we are Christians, we get to be a part of that everlasting. But unlike God, we have a start date and we have an expiration date. And that's why Psalm 90 goes on to say in verse 10, our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures. Yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they pass quickly and we fly away. If only we knew the power of your anger, your wrath is as great as the fear that is your due. Now, I don't want you to get too hung up on those numbers. Some of us will live 70 years, some of us 80, some of us 40. The purpose of this verse is to say that we will get time on this earth, some of us more than others, but it doesn't matter how long you come, you, you're here. It's going to pass quickly, and then you're going to fly away. Now, I know that this is not the most upbeat sermon, sermon that you've ever heard. <laughs> Perhaps that's why you keep missing my jokes. No one wants to think of their own demise, right? But there's a great deal of wisdom in recognizing that we only have a short time here, and then we're gone. That's what the Bible says in so many different places. And honestly, if you look at what I'm talking about from the correct perspective, you will discover that ultimately death is the very best thing that can ever happen to us because we get to fly away. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 5, 8, and he told them to, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. There is absolute hope for us when we finish our time on earth. However, we need to be mindful of how to spend our days. Psalm 90, verse 12 says, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So the first point of this verse is to learn to live as if our days on earth are numbered, because they are. How we spend our time here matters. Whether you choose to follow the Lord and do what he asks of you matters. The second part of that verse says this, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. The only true wisdom in this world comes from the Lord. And since that is the case, we must ask God to reveal the purpose to our days on this earth. Because God put us all here for a reason. Ephesians 2.10 says it this way, We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has a plan for your life. He has things for you to do. Ask him what they are and get busy doing them. That's the point of this message. We get a limited amount of time, but we can still make a difference in the lives of others. We get to be a part of the plan and the story of God. Sure, we could squander our days since they're so short. We could spend all of our time serving our own selves but not if we belong to the Lord. Let me share with you a story from the book of Luke about a man who did just that. 
This is from Luke 12, if you want to follow along. I'm going to start at verse 16. Jesus is teaching on selfishness in life, and he says this. The land of a rich man was very productive, and he began reasoning to himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my grain and all my goods. And then I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. You see, he wasn't worried about doing good with all that God had blessed him with. He was worried about how he could hoard more and more so that he could sit back and go, now I've made my life, I'm fat and rich, and I'll never have to worry again. But verse 20, it says, God said to him, you fool, this very night your soul will be required of you, and now who will own what you have prepared? So is a man who stores up treasures for himself and is not rich to God, toward God. So what follows is a passage of Scripture that we, some of us may be very familiar with. Jesus says, For this reason, I say to you, do not worry about your life as to what you will eat, nor for your body as to what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body is more than clothes. Now, the point that Jesus is making is that we can work our whole life to take care of self, only to die and everything we own go to someone else. The rich man is making his plans, never dreamed that his life was coming to an end. All he could think of is how much he had and how he was going to keep it safe to make sure that he was taken care of. Now, Jesus teaches exactly the opposite. He says we do not even have to give thought if we are going to have what we need. He knows that we need food and clothes, and he's going to make sure that we have those. Part of the message that Jesus came to share with us is that we have the immense privilege to be a part of God's eternal story. But what you can see from what I've shared today is that we have a short time to do it. There are those of us in this room who will live to be 100. But what is that in light of eternity? Our lives here on this earth are a drop in the bucket compared to the time that we're going to spend in eternity. So if you knew that your time on this earth were growing short, what would you do with it? How do you want to spend the time that God has given you? Do you want to serve others and stand before God someday and explain to him? Or serve yourself, I'm sorry, and stand before God someday because you will. And explain to him that either you did not trust him to care for you or that you could not tell others about him because you were too busy out fishing or watching TV. We all get to choose what we do with the time we've been given here. And I hope that you will recognize that you have a finite amount of time here and that you will ask God every day how we would have you to spend it. 
So this is what I want you to do. I love homework. I do a lot of it. I want you to go home today, and I want you to get in a quiet place where it's going to be easy for you to hear from God. And I really want you to think about how it is that we spend our time. You know, there was some, that video was not made by a Christian, or if he was, I don't know it. But he talked about some things that were very convicting to me, like how much time we spent, 1,900 days or whatever on social media. Those are 1,900 days we could have been about telling people about the Lord and making sure that they get to heaven, feeding the poor, clothing, clothing those that have no clothes. That's why we're here, y'all. So I want you to get before God today and I want you to ask him, Lord, how am I spending my time? What am I really doing? What is the motivation behind what I'm doing with my life? And how would you have me to change that? What is it that you want me to do? Remember the Bible said that God has created good works for us to do beforehand. He already knows what he wants you to do. He already has a plan for your life and a purpose for the gifts that he's given you. So I want you to go and I want you to find out what it is that he would have you do. And then I want you to be brave enough to do it. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for reminding us that time is short and it goes by so fast. Help us not to waste it, Lord. Help us to redeem the time because the days are evil. Help us to spend our time in worthy manner, Lord. I know that we need rest, and you have given us this world for our enjoyment. You've given us food that, that so, so much richness in this life, so much variety, because you want us to find pleasure here, Lord. But you also have chosen us weak vessels to share your love with the world, Lord. Help us to remember that we only get a short time to do that. Help us to be brave enough to do what you would have us to do, Lord. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, y'all know what? This girl loves me. She also knows I mess up a bunch, so she's always watching. The Lord invites all who love him and, and eagerly want to serve him to his table. This is not Woodlawn's table. This is God's table. So we, you don't have to be a member here. We just, if you love God and you want to honor him, we invite you to his table. On the night our Savior gave himself up for us, he was sitting at dinner with his disciples and he took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he said, take and eat. This is my body that is broken for you. And in the same way, when supper was over, he took the cup and he blessed it. And he said, this is the blood of the new covenant for the remissions of sin. Take and drink, all of you. Do this in remembrance of me.
Lord, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you that we are invited to your table in the here and now, and that you have a place set for us at your table in eternity, Lord. We ask that now that we have received your, your body and your blood, that we take that seriously, Lord, and that we carry it out into the world and that we do your will. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.